John chapter 9 this morning, if you've got your Bible, John chapter 9, let's look at this story together, story of the blind man. And again, this morning, uh, I want to just look at this story and talk to you for a little bit about the idea of spiritual blindness. You know, in the day that we're living in uh, today, and of course, I know it's always been like that, there's a spiritual blindness to people, things that they cannot see, they think they, they can see. I was talking to a fellow this morning at McDonald's, this fellow's walked out, and he's always there, his old fellow there, and he's always there, and of course, um, he's an atheist and doesn't believe in God, and uh, just very educated, 85 years old, and he came through tonight, today, and he starts to walk out, and I said, hey, I just want you to know you can come to church with me if you want. <laughs> he said, I would, but there's Christians there. <laughs> anyway, I said, no, just some hypocrites. <laughs> No, I told him that. I really did. Anyway, I'll tell you what. As Christians, uh, hopefully that you're not living a life that you're spiritually blind. And I want to talk about that this morning. Look at John chapter 9 now. Look at the Bible. Here's what it says. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work, as long as I'm in this world and I am the light of the world. He goes on to say in verse 6, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, said A man that is called what? Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. In verse number 13, it says, They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. We have a conversation between verse number 13 uh, really the, down to the rest of the chapter, but specifically verse 33. I want you to pick up verse 34, though. Verse 34 says, They answered and said unto him, Thou wast, now talking about the Pharisees speaking to the blind man, that, he said, Thou wast born in sins. You know, I want to tell you something, the Pharisees would have caught that. They'd have figured out they were born in sin also. You're not special because you go to church. You're not special because you're raised in a Christian home. All of us are sinners, and all of us deserve to go to hell. Jesus is the one that paid the sin debt for everyone, but you have to come to acknowledgement, if I can say, a spiritual opportunity to see. You know, there's so many people that are going to die and go to hell because they're spiritually, uh, spiritually blind. I was reading of an accident that happened here, in, actually in 1991, I was reading the story about it, and it talked about a car crash that lasted three miles long. And what had happened, there were 50 mile an hour winds that were stirring up dust that was on the side of the roads of this particular interstate. And what had happened is one car after another kept running into the next person. 16 people died. Many people were wounded, cars that were 100 feet from the uh, interstate. And the reason for it is they were coming up on the accidents. They could not see the accidents ahead of them. And I want to just tell you that spiritually speaking, there are people who just cannot see. They cannot see the destruction that's ahead of them. They cannot see that one day when they breathe their last breath, that they're going to have to answer before God because they did not believe on his son, Jesus Christ, to be their savior. Now, let's, let's pick it up again in verse number 34. The Bible says, they answered... And said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. In other words, they cast him out of the synagogue, the man that was born blind that Jesus had healed. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto, them, unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? 
And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come to this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Father, would you bless your word as it was spoken, and God, we rejoice at what you're doing. Would you please now do a work in our lives this morning, and if there is somebody that is not saved this morning, help them to come to Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Church family, physical blindness is an amazing thing in just the United States of America that 1.3 million people are legally blind. When it comes to the world, 285 million are, are visually impaired. And blindness is something that none of us want to go through. I've been around people when they play that game, would you rather, and they say, would you rather be blind or would you rather be able to hear? I'd, I'd rather be able to see and be able to hear. But if you've ever thought about what it would be like if you were blind, to have to get dressed in the morning, to be able to have somebody have to take you to work or take you to be able to do shopping just because of not being able to see. There's things that we take for granted. One person had been blind all of his life and some doctor was able to fix whatever the problem was and he was being able to see and it was interesting that he said, he said, I never knew the vividness of just colors. And he, he talked about the things that were different in his life. On another instance, another fellow who had been blind almost all of his life and he had gotten to the place where he could see and the doctor said, the problem is, is that when you're blind all of your life, you still have tendencies to act like a blind man even after you see. And can I just tell you that sometimes Christians are like that, that you're saved and on your way to heaven, but sometimes you have tendencies to walk like a blind man because spiritually you're not seeing things the way God sees them. You're seeing them the way you see them. I looked in the scriptures and I again want to deal with three things this morning that talk, that talk about spiritual blindness, not physical blindness, but spiritual blindness, things that we just cannot see spiritually. I want you to turn in your Bible quickly and we'll just look at a couple of them this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you've got your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This verse is not uncommon. I'll read verse 3 while you're turning there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse number 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He says, in whom the God of this world hath what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Church family, can I just tell you this morning, if you're saved this morning, first of all, if you're saved this morning, you ought to rejoice that you're saved. You, you better be glad that the Holy Spirit of God drew you and you answered that call. I was talking, might have been soul winning training. When it comes to getting saved, you got saved because there's a spirit of God. You weren't seeking God, God was seeking you. For God so loved the world. God loves everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. Amen. I don't know where you were at or what happened or who brought the gospel to you, but you came to the Lord Jesus Christ because the spirit of God drew you and then you answered that. You believed the word of God. You believed that you were a sinner bound for hell and that Jesus died for you. Amen. And that by faith, 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the penalty and he died on the cross so that I could go to heaven. I was 11 when that happened for me. I don't know when it was for you, but there has to be a time. This thing of people telling you I've always been saved, that's not true. You've not always been saved. The Bible says that we were children of the devil before we became children of God. You're adopted into God's family the day that you believe that you were a sinner and accepted Christ as your personal Savior. But what does the Bible say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 here? The God, little g, the God of this world hath blinded. I want to tell you something. Education sometimes will blind a lost person from being saved. That fellow I was talking about this morning, 85 years old, super educated man. But he has gotten to the place where if he can't see it, he's not going to believe it. 
But I want to just tell you, that's what faith is. Faith is believing the word of God, what God has given us in his word. So again, this idea of seeing, sometimes when it comes to salvation, people cannot see the need for salvation. Uh, if you remember, it wasn't too long ago, I think it was in 2018, if you remember in Branson, the duck, that, uh, the, the, oh, what do they call those vehicles that they take into the land and water, they were called the ducks. One of those things you could actually get on and go. And in 2018, one of the fatal accidents, one of the most fatal accidents they've ever had in the United States. But 17 people were killed on that duck. And it's interesting when you follow the story of what took place, the captain, who they call the captain, the driver, the captain of that land uh, sea vehicle, he told them, he said, listen, the life jackets are up there and pointed to him, but he said, don't worry about it, you won't need them. You know why I think a lot of people are going to die and go to hell? Because there's a bunch of people who've got a PhD behind their name, or a person who's educated, or somebody that somebody respects, and they try to downplay Jesus Christ, and they try to downplay salvation. And I want to just tell you, you will need Christ one of these days. You know, I, I, I know people like to say, well, God, if he's a loving God, he won't send anybody to hell. No, you're parroting what you've heard somebody say. You know what makes him so loving? He made a way of escape. He made a way so that you could go to heaven. This thing of God sending people to hell, that's not really true. We send ourselves to hell when we reject the truth. And the truth is, is that my sin debt, I cannot pay unless I go to hell forever. And there was a loving God who sent his only son, Jesus, to pay it for me. Amen. You have to decide whether or not you're going to accept it or not. If I was to come to you this morning on the way out and said, hey, listen, I saw your vehicle. It looks really nice. Brother uh, Ellis, is he in here this morning? Oh, he's in junior church. Brother Ellis, I got him a um, uh, Buick Encore, if I remember correctly. If I walked up to Brother Ellis on the way out the door to, this morning and he was going on his way out and said, hey, listen, uh, is that your vehicle? And he says, well, I know what he'd say. Well, yeah, it's my vehicle, but the bank owns it too. And I said, hey, listen, uh, would you like me to pay it off for you? Brother Ellis would not think twice. Yeah. Have a time at it. Just go right ahead. You know why? Because the bank expects somebody to pay the price for that vehicle. Can I just tell you something? You can either pay for your own sin or you can let Jesus pay for him. Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And I'm just telling you, the God of this world, the Satan, he has blinded people to that fact. Years ago, they came out with a weapon. It was a, it's called a laser weapon. And, in, and many of the countries had, had found the technology to do it. And the technology is so, so much that in a battle, a person, a soldier can be blinded by this particular laser. Now, they don't use those, uh, use those now. It's for whatever the reason, I don't understand. But that, China, of all things I read, China is still using it. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? But anyway, <clears throat> but the idea of that particular laser weapon is they had figured out that if you can blind a soldier, it renders them unable to do anything. And can I tell you what the devil is doing is he is blinding people to see the need for their salvation. And it, and it doesn't matter if they're a child or if it doesn't matter if they're older. And obviously that, that day of accountability or that, well, that child comes to the acknowledgement, we understand that babies go to heaven. We understand that. But there's going to come a day where you understand that you're a sinner. You're going to understand that Jesus died for you. And you have to make a conscious decision whether or not you're going to accept Christ or not. So this idea of spiritual blindness comes to those who are lost. You and I both know people who are good people, people who go to church, uh, people who try to help their neighbor, people who try to live morally. But church family, if that was all it took, then all we got to do is be a good person, then we get to heaven. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works. 
In other words, we can't get to heaven because of living a good life. We get to heaven because of what Jesus did for us. Nobody can live good enough. So we look at people that are good and we like to think to ourselves, well, they're on their way to heaven. But you're telling me, we're not on our way to heaven. It's not a merit, demerit system here. God says, hey, listen, there's a penalty for sin. The penalty is hell. That's what you deserve. But I don't want you to go there. And I'm going to have my son, Jesus Christ, die on the cross. You say, how's the comparison? Church family, Jesus took all the sin of the world when he died on that cross. Isn't it amazing that Jesus said, I thirst on that cross. And when you go to Luke chapter 16 with the rich man in hell, what's the one thing the rich man asked for? He said, would you please send Lazarus, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue? What happened when Jesus was on that cross? For three hours, God the Father turned his back away from Jesus Christ. What is hell all about? It's eternal separation from God. What happened on the cross? When God the Father turned his back on Jesus on the cross, there was utter darkness. What's hell? Utter darkness. I'm just trying to say that Jesus took everything we would have to take. He took it all on him on that cross. That's why he can pay the penalty. Spiritual blindness concerning salvation. Concerning salvation. I don't know about you this morning. And by the way, it, it, all of us, even the ones who claim to be saved in the auditorium this morning, there was a day in their life they weren't saved. There was a day they were trying to do right. There was a day in their life that they went to church. In some cases, there was a day in their life that they were really away from God. But all of us that are saved came to a time in their life where they got born again. They trusted Christ as their Savior. Amen. Listen, if you're here this morning, whether you're young or old this morning, and you're not for sure, you say, I think so, maybe, or hope so. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, these things that talk about the Bible, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Amen. You know how you're going to go to heaven? By knowing what the Scripture says and believing it and doing it. Amen. Not only do we see that there's uh, spiritual blindness concerning salvation, there's a spiritual blindness concerning Scripture. I've quoted this verse often, and I know you know the verse, but it's Psalm 119.18. The psalmist prayed this prayer, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. This is a spiritual book. This is not some man's novel. People like to say, well, men wrote that book. There were 40 human authors that penned the words of this book. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16, the Bible says all Scripture, not some, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration means God breathed it. Inspiration of God. If I tell my secretary, listen, I, I, I either write her and send it to her, or I tell her on the phone, I say, listen, I want you to write this letter, I want you to send it to so-and-so. The letter's not from the secretary, the letter's from me. Do, do you understand that God gave us this book, and this book is a, is a God book? And I'm just trying to say that when we read it, it does something for us that no other book can do. I meet people and they like to read fiction. How many of you fiction readers in here, all right? All right, you're weird. Anyway, fiction readers, all right? I don't read fiction, but it's healthy to read, amen? All right? Some of you are fiction readers. But you know, I want to tell you something. Fiction's fiction. That Bible's not fiction. It does something for you spiritually. It cleanses you from the inside out. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It gives me direction in my life. It cleans me up. Psalm 119, verse number 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It helps me overcome temptation. There's something about the book, and I'm just trying to tell you that you should pray like the psalmist pray every time you open the Bible. Open thou mine eyes. God, help me not to be spiritually blinded to what you're trying to tell me. I don't know about you, but I don't get a thrill out of reading the genealogies. 
so-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so. But I'm just telling you this because God said there's some, something powerful about so-and-so begat so-and-so. And I can't understand it, but there is. And so I asked the Lord, God, open mine eyes. Help me not to be blinded. Sometimes a person is blinded because they're simply not saved. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Why? Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Just, I mean, you, you know people that you work with and you're constantly, and you should, you're constantly trying to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ and you constantly give them verses and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there are some things they're not going to understand until they get saved. You know why? Because the spirit of God dwells inside of us and that's a spiritual book that we read. And God, open thou mine eyes, help the spirit of God to show me what your word is trying to say. Sometimes a person is spiritually blinded concerning the scriptures because they're not saved. Sometimes a person is spiritually blinded because they're simply not seeking. If Proverbs says this, I love them that love me and what? Those that seek me early shall find me. God is not playing hide and go seek. The problem is we're not looking. Jeremiah 29, 13, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and it's a matter of looking. If we would just look to the scriptures and say, God, would you please teach me? Would you open my eyes? Would you help me have an understanding heart? God would do it. Amen. You know, so many Christians, we, we've got the facade of Christianity, but we don't have the realness of the relationship of being a Christian. What does God want to say to you? What's God trying to show you? But you're just simply not looking for it. God says, listen, I'd show you if you just, if you just ask. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. So there's a spiritual blindness when it comes to salvation, but there's also a spiritual blindness when it comes to the scriptures, the very word of God that God wants to speak to our heart. You know, church, I know there's a lot of times I read scriptures and I, I, I read the book of Revelation every day of my life. I read a chapter a day every day because it's the only book that God says, if you read it, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you for reading it, hearing it, and keeping it. It's the only book, Revelation 1, verse number 3, that God says, I'm going to bless you for doing that. So every day of my life, I read one chapter in Revelation. And I still read, and I've done it for years, and I still read it, and there's times I read it, and I say, okay, what, are you, what are you trying to say, Lord? And what are you trying to show us here? And what are, you, what are you trying to tell us? There's going to be things that you're not going to understand in Scripture. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says there are revealed things, and then there are secret things. Amen. The secret things belong unto God. The revealed things belong unto us. And sometimes God does not reveal everything to us. How many of your parents here? Raise your hand for just a second. Raise your hand for a parent. Hey, have you figured out that your kids sometimes think they know everything, but they don't? If your kids are not that to that age yet, it, it comes, believe me. Okay? They just get that mentality of, yeah, we're going to hear one of dad's stories again when I was a little cat. You know, if our kids would just listen to some of those stories, they should be a whole lot more wiser. But sometimes they don't because they think they're a know-it-all. They don't say that. But young people, listen, when, you are, when you're not willing to get advice, I was thinking about this this morning. That's another message probably another time. But I was thinking about this this morning about the book of Proverbs. Chapter number one is the key to the entire book. But it's very, very interesting. There's five things at the very first chapter that God says, if you do these things, this is what's going to make you wise. If you do these five things. And it's interesting that one of the five things is listen to your mom and dad. 
Oh, they're just, they're so old, they don't understand. I think they might understand because they've ever lived, lived life where you were at the time you're at right now. Do you understand that as a parent-child relationship, there's so much that a parent wants to help their child with, but sometimes a child just doesn't want it. I wonder how God feels. He's the father, we're the child. And God the Father's got every answer to life. Money, family, marriage, every answer to life God has. And he says, it's in my book. I'd like to show it to you if you just look for it. Sometimes we're spiritually blind when it comes to uh, this, uh, salvation. Sometimes we're spiritually blind when it comes to the scripture. Last of all, I want you to see this, and it's interesting. Sometimes a person is spiritually blind when it comes to sin. Now, church, I mean, these verses are all over the scriptures, and, I can't, and we don't have time uh, to go to them um, this morning as far as all these different verses. But can I just quickly tell you that sin is what's going to cause a person to be blinded. In other words, when you're backslidden, you're not right with God, you're going to make decisions that you shouldn't make, but because you're in sin, you're blind. The Bible says when you don't add to your faith, that, which is a sin, 2 Peter 1, 8 and 9, that a person, I'll just read it to you, that he, lacketh these, he that lacketh these things, what things, okay? When it, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. He says when you don't add to your faith and you're not growing as a Christian, listen to what he says. But he that lacketh these things is blind. And cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he hath purged, he, he, he was purged from his uh, from his old sins. In Mark chapter eight, verse seventeen and eighteen, says a person's blind when a person has a hard heart. In Revelation chapter three, remember the Laodicean church, not hot, not cold. You're lukewarm. What did God say about the, the, that church in Revelation three seventeen? Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind. Just me, sin will cause us not to see where we're at or, or which direction we're going as far as wrong in our life. Church family, are there any sinless Christians? Sinless, never sinners. Is there anybody like that? All right, if there are, you're dead. I'm just telling you, okay? Because until you get your glorified body, you're still a sinner. And remember now, the horse stays in front of the cart, not the cart in front of the horse. So I got saved because of Jesus Christ, and then I live my good works or how I live my life. The cart follows because of Jesus Christ. In other words, I want to please the one who saved me. I don't do good works thinking that salvation, Jesus, is going to come along. I get saved, and then I'm, I want to live life that pleases him. Sometimes sin blinds us to what's right and what I should be doing. The, the captain of the Titanic, there's a lot of stories concerning that too, but it's very, very interesting that when the Titanic got that slit along, its, uh, along the boat there, got that slit and water started coming in, the captain still didn't think that ship would sink. In fact, he was the one, he said, not even God can even sink this ship. But the captain of the ship did not call for help until they were already ankle deep in water in that boat. From, from what we learn from history is, is that if he would have called for help immediately, those people would have been saved and not died that, because of the sinking of the Titanic. You know why? Because he was blinded to what he thought. You know what happens to us as Christians? We think we're okay because we go to church. We think we're okay because I'm, I'm staying faithful to my spouse. We think we're okay because of the good things that we do. But you know, as the Bible says in Ezekiel, I'm sorry, Isaiah 59, verse number two, as for our iniquities... We know them. I want to tell you something. There's a person I don't have to second guess. It's me. I might second guess you, and I might second guess you, and might second guess you. Boy, these look like good Christians, but I can't tell if you're a good Christian. 
Oh, you don't look so good, but anyway. I can't look at you and tell if you're a good Christian, but I know me. Listen to me. I know me. I know in my life where I could be a better Christian and what I'm not doing and what I should be doing in my life. And this church is not about pinpointing you, but you have a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of the sin in your life. And if you're not careful, you let that keep going, you're going to become blinded to what God wants for your life because it's a spiritual blindness. You know, pastor in a church, I come across people who are doing things in their life they shouldn't be doing. It's amazing how many excuses a person has for why they're doing what they're doing when they know the scripture says you're not supposed to be doing those things. Well, it's not that bad. Uh, it's not really affecting anybody else. It, it only affects me, and it's not going to affect me that bad. You know what the problem is? You can't see very clearly. You can't see very clearly. Spiritual blindness. We need to ask the Lord today, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to my sin. Open my eyes to the scripture. And if you're not saved or you're not, at least not for sure, listen to me. Don't be blinded. How many times we ask a person, if you died today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? How many times do we get this? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Probably. If I ask you what your name is, are you going to tell me that? I think so. I think it's John. Maybe it's John. I hope it's John. I don't ask you your name and you guess. My name's John. How do you know your name's John? It's on a birth certificate. How do you know, you know, how you know you're on your way to heaven? Because my name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know that I'm saved. Do you know that? God loves you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to know that. And the devil's constantly, oh, you know, that's a fairy tale or, you know, that's not really that important. We don't know when we're going to breathe our last breath. It's important. Amen. It's important. Just I mean, is blindness, spiritual blindness. Physically, you can see. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, physical blindness, a person who's physically blind, they know that they're, they're blind. But a person who's spiritually blind, the difference between the two of them is that when a person is spiritually blind, they don't know they're blind until they can see. God, I ask you to please forgive me of my sin. Lord, these things that I'm doing in my life. You know, the longer you sin, the less you see. Let me say that again. The longer you sin, the less you see. I'm talking to Christians this morning. You're saved. You're on the way to heaven. But you're living in sin. The longer you do that, the less you see spiritually. You're missing things. You're missing what could be your family needs you to be right as a dad. And you're, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, seeing things you shouldn't be seeing. And you've done it for so long. And what's happened is this, is that those things have blinded you to having a good relationship with your spouse or, or being the kind of father that you need to your children or being a church member that as far as being able to reach people and telling people about Christ. Everything's okay. And I want to tell you why. You can't see can't see. Sometimes you pick up the scripture and you read the Bible on a regular basis because you've been, you, you've been taught and trained how important the word of God is and you've got yourself into a habitual routine of reading the three chapters a day or four chapters a day and what's happened is you've read so long that now it's just a matter of getting it done. It's not a matter of God, would you open my eyes? Would you please feed me? Would you please teach me to teach others? And then last of all, there's one, probably another one or two or maybe more this morning that you're here this morning, and I'm sorry the delivery of the message is probably not the best, but I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. God loves you. He wants you to be saved. You're not going to get saved because you're a good person. You're going to get saved because Jesus died for you, and you, you believe that, and you accept him as your Savior. Spiritual blindness, it affects everybody. 
It affects the lost, which will give eternal damnation to hell. It affects the saved as far as their Christian influence for Christ. God, open the scriptures to me. God, please open my eyes to whatever sin in my life. Is it a sin of ignorance? Is it a secret sin? God, whatever it is in my life, help me to confess and forsake those things that I might be able to be what you want me to be. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?